I don't, when did it start doing that? Did well, you hear that on your end? Yeah. Now I know it's being recorded. <laughs> it's pretty crazy because it happened yesterday. I was doing an interview and it made that noise. And I was like, I've never heard that the entire time I've done Zoom calls. So whatever. All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Music City Drive-In brought to you by the Drive-In Podcast Network. I am your host, Ricky Valero. On today's episode, Jacob and I are going to try something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to tackle some hot topics across the world of film, television, across the entire board. Um, obviously, as always, I'm joined by my partner here, Jacob. How are you, bud? I'm doing good. I'm good. I'm excited to get back into talking about movies and stuff again. So, Yeah, it's pretty crazy. The exciting thing, obviously, uh, of announcement uh, just a few moments ago, that the awards window is going to be your typical awards window style for this year for the Academy. Um, the award show is pushed to the late March, which is a little bit annoying, I guess you could say. But the plus side is I do think that they need to have some sort of flexibility a little bit for the awards calendar year starting, I, I would assume, March 1st. So it, it's definitely something to keep an eye on. Um, it's not really much of a surprise news-wise, but I think it's very happy to know that this is where we're going to be for this year, right? Yeah, no, it's it's nice knowing that it's not at the end of April, you know, um, <laughs> which is just great for me. But um, But yeah, I don't think it's been in late March ever since – I think the 90s are the last time they actually had it in late March, which, you know, I'll take I'll take an extra month um, because, you know, this is another show we could do just talking about the releases. But, man, dude, it's every week. Um, and, you know, even the, a couple trailer, of, even a couple of times, a couple of uh, show or movies are dropping at the same time together. You know what I mean? No. Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, a trailer we're going to talk about in a little bit has the exact same release date as another very high profile movie. And so it's, it's one of those things, you know, it's like week by week by week, there's so much coming out. And I think giving it this like extra month will allow for at least people to not feel so pressured into rushing everything out and making it to where it's like seven Oscar films are coming out at the exact same time type of thing. Um, yeah, did they announce when the award the nominations will be announced? Yeah, so I'm looking right now. So nomination voting begins Thursday, January 27th, and then ends February 1st. And so nominations are going to be announced February 8th. So it gives them the opportunity, the flexibility of January to catch up on some of the films, like you said. It does give them a little bit of a window to kind of hone in on their um, – you know, because I mean, it, it's it sounds about almost typical. I think they just have the award show a month and a half after announce, uh, announcement of nominations, which is a little bit weird, but it is what it is. Well, I'm, I'm kind of excited about it. So, well, it is it is actually really weird because I'm looking, um, you know, give a shout out since I'm using their site. Uh, Next Best Picture has like the full uh, key dates to follow, and they actually have that the eligibility period ends December 31st of this year. So that's interesting to see, like the eligibility period is not being pushed back, but everything else after that seems to be 
pushed yeah, back. Yeah, because typically we get the announcement the third week, third the midst, mix of the third week of January is when we typically hear when the nominations come out. And then we, of course, mm -hmm. we have the show at the end of our mid to late February. Like normally, typically two or three weeks after the Super Bowl is whenever we hear the awards. But I, I mean, I'm excited. The eligibility window is, is shut off on the 31st this year. That's fantastic news. I do think it gives them a little bit more. It gives them what about three more weeks to kind of catch up on all of that the 900 award films that are coming which, out. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense with all the 100%. award films coming out. It gives them that extra month. So, um, so yeah. And, and then speaking, oh, I was going to say, and then another big thing was that they opened it back up to streaming again, which I think will be. I think. I don't, I don't think this should be something for the future, but especially for this year when it's still so hybrid and so back and forth and, you know, not a lot of things are going to be able to go to theaters because of the vast amount going. I think, I think that was a good move, opening it back up to allow uh, streaming movies in. I, I do think so too, because it's going to be interesting. They're going to have to adapt in some way, especially with the segue here with Amazon purchasing MGM. Mm -hmm. Right. You know what I mean? That's that's huge. Over was eight billion dollars they gave for the for MGM, which everybody's saying they're overpaying. But you understand why they did it. They had to. They're trying to be a player in the movie world, not just for award season. Right. You know what I mean? They kind of established themselves a little bit this award season. They got a little bit more. You know, they got a couple wins under, under their belt and stuff like that. But um, and this is a big purchase. You know what I mean? Obviously, they get the bond um collection which is huge they get the bond franchise but what does that do for the bond franchise moving forward obviously they're gonna have to you know figure that out but what does that look for the awards season for the the new bond film as well because you know they there's a lot of talk a lot of chatter that the reason they kept delaying it is because they do believe they have an awards film there right so with that being said, what does that look like in the grand scheme of things, right? You know what I'm saying? So I know someone like you who is a big fan of physical media. Um, what does that look like for physical media for, you know, future Amazon slash MGM titles and stuff like that? But I, I'm, I think I, I, I don't, I don't care about this transaction. I think it's huge because, but also feel like will the academy eventually have to adapt to some sort of hybrid saying hey look you know if it comes out on streaming then just maybe we need to start making these eligible for oscars permanently you know what i'm saying yeah i think so i i agree with you i don't i think it was a good move by amazon the only there's a few big things that i'm worried about one it's like you said amazon has moved away from doing physical media for their own properties which um, you know, up until I think 2019, because I really wanted Honey Boy on Blu-ray and they just didn't release it. So that's one thing that worries someone like me, who is a big fan of physical media, you know, is this where something like Criterion comes in and takes, um, I know Criterion's doing like a Sound of Metal release, uh, stuff like that. So, um, it makes me wonder how those type of films are going to play out because I do know that like, you know, Paul Thomas Anderson's um, Soggy Bottom's going to be, and it was an MGM mill. Oh my God, film. Now it's going to be an Amazon film. So it's like, will that be released on DVD or was that going to just be on Amazon Prime? Another thing that worries me is spinoffs. Cause like you said, it's got, um, 
Bond. It's got the Rocky franchise. I don't want to see a spinoff of someone in the Bond universe getting a, you know, 10 episode series or, you know, some fighter that Creed's going to have to fight getting a 10 episode series leading into the movie where Creed fights well, him in the it's, movie. It's crazy because Michael B. Jordan does have a deal with Amazon, right? That's mm-hmm. his production company made a deal with Amazon. It, that's what, that's where the, you know, Tom Clancy came without remorse came from mm-hmm. was their agreement. So them buying that, that means they have that under their umbrella. And you're right. Like, I don't want to see Rocky Balboa's great, great grandson battling his way to the top in order to be like his dad on Amazon Prime for 10 episodes. You know yeah. I mean? And another thing, um, another thing I saw that's massive is The Handmaid's Tale, which yeah. I don't know how many episodes they have left. I don't know how many seasons they have left. I haven't kept up with the show. I do know that the show itself is huge. I mean, it was the first streaming show to win like best drama at the Emmys, I think. And that's on Hulu, which is a Disney property. And so it's one of those things that is that going to go over to, um, is that going to go over to Amazon Prime, which is, you know, I would, I would argue that that's probably Hulu's biggest pull right now is The Handmaid's Tale. And so if that goes over to Amazon Prime, that's one of the things, are people just going to stop, you know, start leaving Hulu? Are people going to start, you know, going to different things because I mean, Hulu's original content is not—it's not great. I knew it's crazy. Like I've been—I've been doing some other uh, some other work and in, in diving into some of the Emmy stuff. I don't—I never realized how much the Emmys and Amazon Prime like they go hand. They have a lot of—they get a lot of love at the Emmys. They really do. Like with Fleabag. Um, oh man, what's the other one? Mary. No. The last. Uh, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Is that yeah, Marvelous Miss Maisel. Show? Yep. Yeah, that's an Amazon show. Like that gets that wins a lot of shit, you know, mm-hmm. stuff. So you know what I mean. So it's kind of surprising to see, kind of diving into some of this older stuff and looking at their most recent wins. They do have some good original content. It's just that they're terrible at promoting themselves. They're terrible at their interface on their on Amazon Prime is one of the worst interfaces. You oh, could it's ever so boring. It's, so boring. It is, and 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 to navigate to their original content versus the content they're uploading versus the content that's available on what IMDb or whatever it is with ads, like it's all over the place. So they need to structurally change that too, especially, I mean, if you're going to be a player and you're going to be taken seriously and you're going to be, if you're trying to compete with, I like Hulu's interface. I'm, I'm a big fan. I like Hulu's and I do like Netflix's. I do think that I do think HBO max does have the best of all of them. Yes. HBO max is, I think it's the best streaming service. I think it's the best app to use the, the um i've used them all now like peacock isn't all that great the peacocks is okay i like peacocks better than i do amazon's or even hulu's i think but um i don't know i think i think it's a big deal obviously this is going to be a big deal because what is it what's ahead are is amazon going to still put movies in theaters um does amazon i, I still think amazon at some point is going to get into the theater market right and if they do what does that look like? Does Amazon branch out, purchase a chain of movie theaters? And if they do, do they play just Amazon movies? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's so many questions surrounding kind of what unfolds here. Um, but I think the more recent one, obviously with Soggy Bottoms, and then of course with no, was it No Time to Die? or No, no Time, Time to, to Die, Die, House of yeah. Gucci, like all of those. Yeah, like, so there's so many different things playing. And then on top of that, the, the 
the, you know, the, with the Ricardas that, that was already playing on Amazon, you know what I mean? So there's so many different things that they're going to try to push for. We've already known that they cannot handle multiple films being in the spotlight for Amazon. This was this past season was perfect example because they did have Sound of Metal, but they also had One Night in Miami. And they just dropped the ball, period. They got, what, I think two nominations for One Night in Miami, I think? Uh, I think they got three. Song, three. Supporting Actor, and um, and uh, Screenplay, screenplay. Which I would, I would, you know, I would say Supporting Actor is probably a given because there were only, I mean, Lakeith Stamfield got in. So there were only yeah. really like four Supporting Actor players. Yeah, which so, so they could have really... And then something. song went right in with that. Yeah, exactly. So, so yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what they do. And I guess another perfect segue is talking about the infamous. Obviously, we can start by talking about how some people don't like the idea of whenever we see a trailer, we talk about awards. And the thing about it is, is I think there could be a happy medium for both. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there is, because there's there's people like us who, and more so you who track the awards 12 months out of the year, right? You know what I mean? Like you track them. The Last Night in Soho is dropping in prime real estate, right? You know what I mean? October 22nd. October, November, December is that prime real estate. I think this year it'll probably start more in September than it will anything. But October Mm -hmm. is, is, and especially with festivals and stuff like that. So with it being dropped, with it having a director that has his films do get nominations, it's going to be talked about. So with that being said, the trailer, what were your initial thoughts? Um, yeah, you know, it's like you said, and you know, it, um, always talking to a film, which is weird because before this trailer, I had no idea people were really doing this, but they're putting a lot of stock into, oh, last night in Soho looks good, but it doesn't look like an Oscar player. It looks, you know, like trying to diminish the way it looks because it might not be an Oscar player because it's much more in the horror genre that people initially thought. I think I initially liked the trailer. I think it looks creepy and weird. I think Edgar Wright has such a creative and artistic kind of mind. Um, And I thought it was a really good trailer because it didn't really tell me too much of what's going on. Um, That's That's the thing that I loved about it. There's yeah, a lot of mystery surrounding it, right? Yeah, you you don't you don't really understand uh, the dynamic between Thomas and McKenzie and Anya Taylor Joy's characters. You don't you don't truly understand you know which one which one might be real, which one might be not real, which one might be in the past, which one you know something like that. Like, it, I I think it's really interesting um, in that whole aspect of it. Um, but just because it, it might not be an Oscar player, it might be too much of a genre film, doesn't mean it can't be good. Yeah, and, exactly. And, and the thing so, about it is, is like if you look back in time, even if you look at Baby Driver, when you watch mm-hmm. the trailer, when you watch the movie, I mean, obviously, when you watch the movie, it's a little bit of a different story, but nobody expected that to even sniff any Oscars. And then, of course, it got nominated for three. Now, did it get nominated for the below the line stuff? Yes, but below the line stuff still matters for films mm-hmm. like this. You know what I mean? That's That's just the kind of, you know stuff that we like to see so you're right like it, you're right see that's the flip side about it is it's like to your point there is if it comes if it comes out in award season and doesn't garner the awards potential doesn't mean it's not a good film right there's so mm-hmm. many good films i mean we talk about this all the time do the oscars matter yes they do 
they do period but on the flip side of that are the oscars telling for whether a film's good or not absolutely not you know what i mean there's so mm -hmm. many films yearly even with the mentioned honey boy just a few years ago was an amazing film you know what i mean and it what did it get you know what i'm saying like there's so many different films that come out each and every year that's just but yeah i for me i enjoyed it i, I thought the cinematography obviously the color palette the choosing i think the use of the uh downtown the cover of downtown was great um I enjoyed it. I thought the trailer was good. I personally thought it was good, though. I don't know. One thing, one thing I will say, um, I will say a lot of people are, oh, actually, I didn't know that. So I just looked up the cinematographer, and it actually makes a lot of sense. It's the same cinematographer from Old Boy, which has like a very similar feel to this kind of movie. Yeah. Plus, Old Boy has my favorite action sequence of all time. So I'm actually really excited and it's the cinematographer who's doing obi-wan kenobi tv shows so that's really interesting oh. um but, but going back to it i feel like a lot of people are going to have the same reaction with this as like giving it oscar hype giving it awards hype that they're gonna have when don't worry darling comes out and it's probably gonna be the exact same type of psychological thriller weird type of movie that you know, people are going to watch and say, oh, it looks good, but it doesn't look like an Oscar player. And, you know, I... And how long was that trailer? I think the trailer was like, I think I still have it on. No, I don't have it on my screen. We're looking at what? Maybe a, a two... Two a two, two, three minute clip of the movie, right? You know what I mean? Like we're looking at a two and a half minute clip. Yeah, so we're looking at a two and a half minute clip of a movie that's all we've seen. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And we're already like judging what we're going to get from it. I mean, it's like the Eternals trailer. I did the same thing. I thought the Eternals trailer was not that good. I thought it wasn't like the difference. OK, so not you can't compare the films are two different films. Right. Obviously. But what the trailer is supposed to do is entice the viewer to one. And I think the big difference is, you know, the teaser trailer versus the actual trailer. I didn't think the teaser trailer for Eternals did anything to really uh, you know, spark my interest in the film other than, um, of course, I'm going to see it. It's Marvel. Of course, I'm going to see it. it's Chloe out directing. You know, you have so many different factors there. But for me, I just didn't think that the trailer was that good. When on the opposite, Last Night in Soho, you watch the trailer and I'm super intrigued because there's a lot of mystique, a lot of mystery, a lot of what's going on behind that trailer. So I, I just think that, you know, let's calm down on you know, and let's calm down with already calling it the greatest Marvel movie of all time, too, please. Like, that's just getting on my nerves. It's not even out yeah. yet, guys. No, but um, but yeah, no, I think it, I think it definitely looks good. Um, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for kind of when horror takes this kind of colorful yeah. and out there uh, aspect. And, you know, I think it I think it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to be a really good movie. I really like a lot of what Edgar Wright does. Um, yeah. And I, I love Anya Taylor-Joy and Thomas and McKenzie. So, yeah. So I'm very excited for it. I just wish that I could get into Queen's Gambit. I just can't do it. I can't yeah. do it, Jacob. I, I, it. I watched basically the whole thing, like, in one day. I loved it. I'm I'm a huge chess head, though. And so... And the thing, I, I just watched the first... I know I need to try to go back and do a little... Uh, to try to push through it. Obviously, I think it's what, like six, eight episodes. So I, I, mm -hmm. you could easily do it, but... For me, like just the first episode was kind of boring. So um, speaking of not boring, um, you know, we've got a couple of movies releasing in theaters. This, it feels good 
to know that there's movies dropping in theaters tomorrow that are actually mm-hmm. going to have some sort of relevant relevance to the box tonight. office or tonight. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah. Tonight. So, um, I've seen both. You've seen one of the two and, um, we're going to talk about the one that we've both seen and the interestingly confusing, um, chain of events that have happened since the embargo has dropped. I didn't think that this movie was going to be so divisive with mm-hmm. speaking about Cruella. Um, I, I'm not saying every, I expect everybody to enjoy every film. I just don't feel like there's a neutral spot anymore in film world. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like people find a happy medium, mm-hmm. right? Like you didn't love Saul, but you didn't hate it, right? You know what I mean? Like it was, it was very middle of the road for you. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like the only, re- the only reason I gave a below average is because I, I actually did hate the ending, but everything yeah. up to that, I thought it was pretty fine yeah so but speaking of Cruella um I I really like this is like it's probably generally the most fun I've had I'm, I'm disappointed I didn't see it in the theater mm-hmm. because I genuinely had a blast with this film right oh yeah for sure I I felt the exact same way and it was funny because um you know I I don't we're not gonna get into spoilers or anything I don't know are we getting into spoilers Mm-mm. okay so there's something that happens maybe five minutes into the movie that I like <laughs> very audibly gasp and I immediately texted Ricky and I was like WTF like oh my god and he was like what and I said there's something that happens like five minutes into Cruella that just like shows what kind of movie this is gonna be yeah. and when you see it like you know that that's that's kind of what this kind of movie is it's it's not for kids it's not for you know it's i'm I'm not going to say it's anywhere near r but it's a very pg-13 movie a a, you know a little kid's not going to enjoy this movie and quite frankly they might be scared of it you know like with the dalmatians and some of the kind of more aggressive parts of the movie they might get worried about it and so i think i think this movie was a massive risk for disney especially since it's you know, it's it's a property less known. It's someone like Coella, yeah. someone who doesn't have an origin story, someone who, you know, one of the most notorious villains in all of Disney. It's it's a huge risk, but I think, you know, the I think the reward is there in that you, it was a very enjoyable, very entertaining type of film that, you know, they change they change the entire story of Cruella Deville, but it's something that it didn't bother me. It's something that I enjoyed watching. It's something that I enjoyed, you know, diving into. And I agree. I think, I think the kind of divisiveness is really weird. It's, you know, it's, it's gotten fairly decent ratings. It's at 73% on, you know, Rotten Tomatoes. And it's, I think it's like fairly decent on like Metacritic and stuff. But if you go on Twitter where you probably shouldn't go, but if you go on Twitter, it's, Yeah, 61 on Metacritic, and if you go on Twitter, it's, what is this movie for? Why is this movie made? And, you know, it's, I saw a tweet, it was either earlier today, or it was um, the other day, and I think you also hit it, like, right on the head, where it's like, everything has to be so one-sided, where sometimes films can just be fun. Sometimes, sometimes movies don't have to, and, you know, that's, and I know a lot of people didn't like army of the dead but that was like army of the dead for me it's like 
like a movie doesn't have to tell you some political uprising about the the uh Cruella doesn't have to tell a story about the the gender inequalities and the politics behind it and the the issues that come with no it's you know those are all very you know important topics but this isn't that movie it's not that movie that's going to move you in a certain way or do something for you it's a movie that's going to be fun it's a movie that's going to be entertaining it's a movie that you know you're going to watch and you're going to say oh this looks pretty this sounds pretty this well, may, it may not sound pretty. It may sound punk rock, but yeah, exactly. Um, but this is like something that like looks and sounds fun, and it's something that is exciting, and it's something that you know you can watch and you can you know be a part of. And I, I think for all that, and well I think acted, it, yeah, and well acted. I mean, it's it's I I use I use this scenario way too much, and I refuse to use it for this in my review. But I'll say it now. It's like a heavyweight boxing match and it's just has two great actresses going at it and it's just fun to watch this kind of chess match you know back and forth of who's going to upstage who who you know who's going to do what i know there was one there was one scene in the vault that like really caught me by surprise and i was like that was clever i just never even thought about that um yep you know being a thing and i I, it's just one of those things where I just think this was a purely fun, exciting, and entertaining movie. Yeah, I agree 100%. I thought both Emmas were fantastic. Um, I think they were even better when they were on screen together going head to head. Like you mentioned, there's several scenes between the two that are, that are that's a blast. Um, Joel Fry, Paul Walter Hauser are both fantastic in this film as mm-hmm. well i think they're funny i think they're great they bring a very comedic side to the film um also all bit being serious at some points too but um it's easily one of the better live action movies that we've seen from disney and my favorite part is like you mentioned it did take a risk and it was a it was a good risk and and i always fall back on the fast and the furious franchise okay everybody knows my love for this franchise Am I sitting here saying that Fast 9 should be nominated for Oscars? No, I'm not. Do I expect to go to the theaters and enjoy the Fast and the Fast 9? Absolutely. Why? Because I can turn my brain off. I can enjoy Vin Diesel and John Cena throwing cars at each other. I can enjoy Vin Diesel, you know, going to the moon, planting the flag, and it's, you know, him saying family at the end of the movie. Like, you could bookend all of that, and I'm going to be happy. You, you don't have to go into every movie and think is this going to be an oscar movie or is this going to be a like just go in with no expectations like that's why i'm very big on not watching trailers anymore i watched the last night and so trailer just for this purpose of this show (laughs) but the only times i ever really catch trailers are on the front half of movies while i'm at the movie theater you know what I mean? That's really the only time ever. And I like them there because I can enjoy them a little bit more just because of the surround sound and stuff like that. But I enjoyed Corella. I thought it was very fun. Very, very, very fun. And like I said, the only thing that I really wish, I wish I would have saw on the big screen because it does have a pretty cool punk rock soundtrack to go along with it. I know a lot of people are complaining about that as well. Should, could they have made a little bit, a couple different decisions throughout? Yes, but I wasn't, again, I think we're nitpicking just the nitpick anymore on certain films, right? Mm-hmm. I also said this because if you look at the movies that have come out, what is it? Spiral, Wrath of Man, 
even Cruella now, nobody, all of these movies, think about this. Like this May, May is technically January, right? It's technically January. Like you're dumping, there is, they're dumping Mm -hmm. certain property. Now, obviously Quiet Place and, and Cruella don't fall into that thing, but some of these movies, like, like you're setting your expectations too high for some of these movies. Cause like when movies come out in January, what do you expect? Like, oh, it's a January dump. It. Like it was like, it would have been like the little things. Mm-hmm. If, if COVID wouldn't have been a thing and if the little things came out in January and you went and saw it in theaters, you would have been like, yeah, that's a January movie, right? That's why they dropped it in January. It's, it's got two actors that are well-known, but they know that it's, it's garbage. And then for some reason, SAG decided to nominate Derek Love for a SAG award, but that's a different conversation. But I enjoyed Cruella. I thought it was fun. I thought it was funny. I thought it was quirky. And I think, I mean, I love Emma Stone. I mean, she could do no wrong in my eyes anyway. So that's, oh, yeah. that's just, you know I mean? She's fantastic. And she's the better Emma. So I'm just going to throw that out there too. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that one. Um, it comes out obviously tonight. If you see this today, tomorrow, this weekend, um, it's going to be available on Disney plus premium access as well for $30. So if you're not comfortable going to a movie theater, totally understand that's up to you. Um, also coming out, obviously, is The Quiet Place 2. I did see that. I think it's fantastic. I think it's better than the first one. I think John Krasinski, I love seeing these comedic actors t- make this turn into this crazy, twisted world. Um, and I, I had a blast with that one as well. So um, before we go, any any thoughts on Cruella's potential awards at all? Um, yeah, actually, I, I really think it would honestly blow my mind if this movie okay it would be catastrophic if it wasn't nominated for hair and makeup and costumes it would honestly probably blow and i know we're so early and there's so much that can happen but with the vast amount of costumes and the different hairstyles and the different makeup and having the makeup all across her face that says the future and everything like that it would honestly surprise me if this didn't win you know, at least one of the costumes or, you know, makeup or hair or something like that. Um, I don't think it's really got any chance other than that, but I really think like costumes and makeup and hair is something that going into this movie, we knew that it was a possibility, but coming out of it, it's just so perfect. It's, they love period pieces. They love, you know, extravagant costuming like this. Um, you know, yeah, they love, seen, it's everything they love. See. The scene, I think they kind of blow it by giving it away in the trailer. But when she transforms that dress, mm-hmm. that scene was that scene's a badass scene, and it's it's even more cool just to hear the back, just the backdrop around the story, right? You know what I mean of of what kind of transpires throughout that process. But there's certain things you look at. The costume design is just it's it is amazing throughout this entire film. Mm-hmm. And but I will say one thing that I can guarantee will never. <laughs> touch this in awards is VFX. That's the one thing that for me really held me back. And I, I appreciate how much money and how much time they put into costumes. I wish they would have done that for the VFX because there were times where it just looked so shoddy. Um, but yeah, I think costumes and uh, hair and makeup, I think that's, those are as close. I'm not going to say locks because we're, you know, almost a year out, but um I think those are as close to locks as you can be at this time. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? Uh, nothing that I can think of. I think we got on everything. 
Perfect. All right, so guys, like I said, what we're going to do is we're just going to do this a little hot topic show. Um, you know, we're going to try to do it every week. We'll see what our schedules look like, but just to kind of talk about what's going on in the world of film. Um, we're having a lot of fun with the blockbuster shows, uh, the blockbuster showdowns. Um, if you missed this past week, the Music City Drive-In team took on 50 Years of Music podcast, which was a lot of fun. Um, this weekend, 8 p.m. Eastern time on Sunday, uh, Team MCDI is taking on Team Geek Vibes Nation. That should be a lot of fun as well. Um, if you're watching this and you want to take on the Music City Drive-In crew, um, all you have to do is reach out to me on Twitter at Ricky Valera underscore and um, put yourself a team of three together. Come on the show and challenge the guys. Um, I think it'd be a lot of fun to, you know, bring some other people on the show. We've got a couple of teams lined up over the next couple of weeks, but that would be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, make sure to follow Jacob on Twitter at tbear57. Follow myself, Ricky Blair underscore. Make sure to go over to the musiccitydrivein.com for all the latest articles, movie reviews. You can check out Jacob's review of Cruella. You can check out my review of The Quiet Place, too. And yeah, until next time, we'll talk to you guys later.